Hi, I'm Kayla Bren, your host of Discovering the Balance. Today is Sunday, July 18th, 2021, and this is episode 13. I am recording from, of course, inside Diesel Dolly the Truck, and I'm coming to you from Park Rapids, Minnesota. In this episode, I'm going to pick up where we left off in episode 10, and I'm going to cover our fourth month of living on the road, which was November of 2020. And the two things I'm specifically going to talk about are, one, how we came to have our sweet Annie, the puppy Shepadoodle, which... I have to be honest, out of all of our great ideas, getting a puppy while living on the road, much less our first year of living on the road, I mean, we've had better ideas. Do we have any regrets about getting her? Absolutely not, but not our wisest decision. And then I'm also going to spend some time talking about our first holiday on the road as we spent Thanksgiving in Mississippi right off of the Natchez Trace. And then of course I'll finish the episode off with a quick trip update. So without further ado, let's jump in. It was November of 2020, our fourth month of being on the road, that we made the decision to take on getting a puppy. So I wanted to share the story of how that came about. So it was November. um, We were still in Spring Lake, which was in Crossville, Tennessee. And we were there until about the 16th of November. So it was our last full week there. And like any situation, there's always things that you're like, okay, we said we were going to do all of these different things and we have not gotten to half of them. (laughs) Like Fall Creek Falls, we never made it there. However, there was Cumberland Caverns on our list as well as Rock Island State Park, both of which we really wanted to make it to. They were pretty close together, so we figured we could take one day and we would be able to knock out both of them. So we went to Cumberland Caverns first. We got there pretty early had a great tour I really do recommend it it's such a cool cave I mean obviously there is mammoth caves that is in Kentucky which is a part of the national park system so this is privately owned so it did cost for the three of us I think around $80 which when you look at other caves that we have gone to like Wind Cave National Park and um not Cumberland Caverns, Carlsbad Caverns. Um, Those are part of the national park system. So we got into those for free, but Cumberland Caverns is really cool. They actually have this like great room down in the cave where they host weddings and concerts. We've actually had a couple friends to go to a concert in the cave, which that is just really, really cool. So they did put on a great tour. So from there, we went into the little town of McMinnville and had lunch at a little, um, little deli. And then we went on to Rock Island State Park, which Rock Island State Park has a few different waterfalls. And that's like the main attraction. So we're hiking along and we're at some little point looking out over the falls and we turn around and there are these two women coming through with this dog. And this dog is, I've never seen a dog like it. I had never seen one like it at all. And so immediately Jeff is like, wow, like what kind of dog is that? And they say, it's a shepherdoodle. We're like, oh, okay. And they're like, it's a German shepherd and a standard poodle, or as they have been told, it's German poo. (laughs) 
we thought that was hilarious. And we were like, okay, we can remember that. So we walked away from them and Jeff was just like, man, like that dog just looked like it had like a lot of personality. It just looked really fun. And we all three really just thought it was the cutest dog, right? Okay. So we continue our hike. We get off the road. We're headed back. And naturally, what do I do? I get on Google and I'm like, okay, let me learn about what this shepadoodle is. So what we learn is that it is a designer breed dog and that typically they're like $1,500 to like $2,000. So we quickly are like, well, but of course we yet again have too good of taste and that's a dream that's not going to be happening. Like we would, for us, not where we are right now, we would not spend that kind of money on a dog, right? So what do I do next? Well, of course I go to Facebook and I'm like, well, let's just look and see is anybody, does anybody have shepherdoodles near us? Just, just seeing, you know, like we're in Tennessee, who knows? So I get on Facebook and I find a group that's shepherdoodles and you have to request to join and to request, you have to like type that you understand the difference between a sheep, a doodle and a shep, a doodle, because a sheep, a doodle is like a sheep dog and or. I think it's an English sheepdog and a standard poodle, which are more common than shepherdoodles. They're still not that common, but they really wanted to make sure that you understood the difference. And I'm like, of course, of course, the designer breed dog has like a bougie Facebook group where they're like, you must know (laughs) what we are talking about. So we get into the group and I kid you not only like a couple hours earlier. So while we were on this hike, a girl named April posted from Strawberry Plains, Tennessee, that she had a few puppies left of a litter that were shepherdoodles. So I'm like, okay, well, where's that? And so I look and it's in East Tennessee. And so I tell Jeff and I'm like, I mean, we're kind of close to East Tennessee. I mean, we're definitely like we're definitely closer to East Tennessee than Nashville is like, right. You know, like let's message her. Let's just see how much, how much they're charging. Right. So I messaged this woman and she tells me that this is not something that they typically do. They're not breeders. They just so happen to have a full blooded German shepherd and a full bred, um, standard poodle. And they ended up with puppies. So this is not something that they do. And they're only charging $500. We're like, hmm, that's a lot cheaper than like what they normally go for. So maybe. So over the next day or so, which this is just the few days leading up to us leaving. We, this was Monday and we were supposed to leave on Thursday to head back to Nashville for about a week or so before we hit the road for this long trip that we are currently still on. So there was a lot to come in the next like 10, 12 days, much less this idea of now getting a puppy. So I remember the following day, we went to some of the local trails in Crossville, Tennessee, which Crossville, Tennessee is kind of like a retirement center. I mean, there's tons, uh, it's a huge retirement community, but they have amazing trails and they are so well kept by volunteers that even during the fall, like all the leaves were brushed off the trails. They were fantastic to go to. We loved it. So we're walking the trails and we're making this long pros and cons list. And obviously if you know what having a puppy is like, you know that the con list is 
always going to be longer, right? We knew that a puppy would bring us lots of love and joy, but we also knew that we were really enjoying not having a dog because it was only about six months earlier that we lost Winnie, Winnie the Weimaraner, and she had been my partner for the last 14 years. And that's just a really long time to have a dog because no matter where you go or what you do, you always have to think about a dog. And we were really enjoying not having a dog. You know, when we got on the road, it was such a blessing to know that Winnie was able to pass in the time that she did. And like all of the timing was just perfect. Just like God always does. His plan is always bigger and better. He always knows. And so it was a true blessing that like we did not have a dog. So we, we really didn't think we were going to, but then we scheduled a FaceTime to see the dog and game over. Right? So it was the following day where we realized, so this is like two days later, we saw the dog on the hike on Monday and by Wednesday, me and Riley are walking around the camper, like a puppy dog, like begging, wanting Jeff to say, yes, we can get the dog. Right. And Jeff was very much on the fence, very much. So it was Wednesday afternoon where we realized like we're leaving tomorrow. Like we either go get this dog tonight or we're not at all. And so Jeff looks at us at around lunchtime and he says, I'll make you guys a deal. If you can get them to accept $350 for the dog and I can name the dog, no questions asked, then we can get the dog. And so Riley and I, of course, are like, sure. So I messaged the woman and I tell her, you know, she already knew that we were RVing and the whole story. And we had actually kind of connected because they were currently living in a fifth wheel RV as well. They had bought property and are currently building. So they were also in an RV. So there was like some weird connection, right? So I messaged her and just very honest. And I'm like, I've told you our story. This was not in our plan. You know, would you consider accepting 350? and whatnot. And she messaged back and she was like, "Mm, I saw how much your boy really loved that dog. So yes, yes, we will. And this was within a matter of like five minutes. And Jeff looks at, looks at me and he's like, well, that backfired really quick. (laughs) So before we know it, we are headed to meet them to pick up our sweet puppy. And at some point Jeff was like needing me to look up or he looked up himself the character names on Bozo the Clown, the show, which I don't even remember. I'm too young, but I was like, oh my, oh my goodness, please do not name this dog like Bozo or what, what is good? Oh my goodness. I don't even know. So we get the dog, we pick her up. She's so sweet and so tiny. And as we're driving down the road, Jeff looks over at her and says, hi, Annie. And so Annie has a special meaning, um, especially for Jeff. His mom's name was Ruth Ann, and she often was called Ruthie or Ruthie Ann. So taking the E, adding it to the Ann, it just is really sweet. So her name is Annie, and of course we had to give her a proper trouble name. So Annie Ray Wahelski is her name. Annie Ray gets called a lot. And Ray is actually my grandfather's name. So that is how we came to have Annie. I can tell you just firsthand with having the puppy, it's not ideal. Like camping and RVing and moving place to place each week with a puppy, 
it's not great. <laughs> we, we are, we don't have any regrets at all. She has definitely brought so much joy and Riley and this puppy. Oh my goodness. They play together so, so well. And it definitely has brought some entertainment and some fun on those rainy or rainy or windy, more windy days out in the West. Um, whereas, you know, without her, we wouldn't have that, but a dog likes something familiar. And when you're changing scents and locations every single time, it's just really hard to find a pattern with a dog. Um, we, we love her dearly and we have definitely been able to make it work. I mean, we have done 20 national parks so far and when we've been able to do those with a dog, some national parks are really dog friendly. A lot of them are not. But typically, if there's a national park, there's going to be some sort of doggy daycare nearby, and we've been able to make it work so far. So that is how we came to have Annie, and that was actually exactly six months after, no, I'm sorry, seven months exactly after Winnie had passed, which, you know, for me, being a um, disciple of Christ and just knowing the um, importance of the number seven, I just can't help but think that it was always meant to be. So we departed Spring Lake and headed to Nashville. And so we were going to be there for one full week we actually dropped our rig off at Cedar City of Lebanon to have some maintenance done on it, which also served of the great purpose of somewhere for it to be parked while we were in Nashville. And we were at home. We were in my childhood home where my parents still live in Creep Hall. And it was a stressful week. I We had been back to the Nashville, Murfreesboro area um, a few different times, whether it was for, you know, Halloween or for closing on our home or doctor's visits. We had been back and forth a few times, but this was our only full week there. And for me personally, I, I grew up in Nashville. So not only do I have connections from, you know, growing up and being in high school, but then I also returned. There are church family members that I am close and dear to. There are work friends that I'm close and dear to. So I just felt completely pulled that entire week because I have a really hard time saying no to anybody that I hold close and dear. And so I just pushed myself way too hard. It was a very, very busy week and I was ready to crash by the time we got on the road. And if you know me personally, I don't do well. <laughs> I am not the best version of myself when I am run down. So that is why this year we are going to have almost an entire month in uh, a month in Nashville so that we have plenty of time to be with family and friends and be really intentional about that time. So we had our one week in Nashville and then we were headed down the Natchez Trace. So this is the trip that we have been on. So I can't believe I'm talking about something in November and here I am. I still have not been well technically we flew back in May for my brother's wedding but us in the rig Riley Riley himself has not been back to Tennessee since the third week of November which it's just so hard to believe 
how quickly it has gone and how long of a time span that really has been, how much we have seen and done during this time. So what we planned to do was we knew for the winter we had to stay warm and for full-time RVers and snowbirds, there's only a few places in the country you really go. Florida would be probably the number one place people go. Arizona would be the second place. Texas is definitely a place you can go to wait out, you know, the winter months, but you have to be careful. And for us, we were blessed. We were blessed in so many different ways because many of the places that we stayed in Texas ended up getting snow pretty soon after we left and we were able to escape it just barely. So what our plan was that if we had to get down south and we were going to be going west, we're coming out of Nashville. What better way to go than the Natchez Trace? So we drove the Natchez Trace from its entirety. So cheating a little bit. We actually did pick it up off of like 840, but before we left on the trip, we went down to 840 and then drove the part that we were going to be missing and then ended with having breakfast at the Loveless Cafe, which I mean, don't twist my arm too hard on that one. You know, (laughs) it was great. So we took the Natchez Trace down. So this is in November and I wanted to share with you how our first holiday was on the road. And it's really fun reflecting back on this time because we were so, we were so anxious and so ready to get on the road. We had spent the first few months staying in the Southeast, which we would not change anything that we did. It was definitely a smart move for us following Grams and Pops. It was such a wealth of knowledge and a great learning experience for us. And then just kind of being close to home, being in the familiar, right? But after a few months, we were itching to start seeing something different. So we're traveling down the Natchez Trace and for Thanksgiving, we are in Mississippi. So we stayed at Roosevelt State Park, which is I don't somewhere along the Natchez Trace in Mississippi. Um, our next destination was truly Natchez, so it's pretty far down the Natchez Trace. And let me tell you, we didn't know what to expect for a holiday in you know a campground, but it was incredible. Now, granted, with COVID nineteen. This was probably more of an unusual crowd, I would guess. You know, I was talking with Grams and Pops just the other day about it because this was also their first time spending a holiday in a campground. And we all kind of think that it was probably busier than normal as a lot of families were probably not getting together in large groups. So there were probably many families who maybe have RVs or who are tent campers and whatnot. And they're like, well, if we're not getting together with the entire family, we might as well go camping. So it was such a great environment. I mean, everybody was just outside enjoying the weather, enjoying campfires. And for us waking up on Thanksgiving and knowing like, we don't have anywhere to go. Like this is where we are. So it's such a leisurely day to be able to wake up. We enjoyed a big breakfast all together, knowing that, you know, this is a two meal day. We're going to eat big in the morning and we're going to eat even bigger in the afternoon. So we enjoyed a nice breakfast and then we were just able to enjoy the campground, being able to walk around and just relax, which 
listen, Thanksgiving is, has always been my favorite holiday over, you know, Christmas because it is more relaxing and it's more just about being with one another and enjoying good food. But even, you know, normal Thanksgiving, you, you know, you only have a few days off from work and it's, you know, all the prep for the food, the traveling, the seeing everybody, the social, the social impact of that, you know, like you're, there's a lot of energy that is, um, expended whenever you're meeting and seeing all this family that maybe you don't see all of the time. And so we didn't have any of that. It just, we woke up, we knew it was Thanksgiving. We were able to enjoy the day. We had an incredible meal. We had a beautiful walk afterwards and it was just a really enjoyable first holiday on the road. It actually made me really excited for Christmas on the road, but I will wait until our next month to share more about that. So if you are an RVer or a tent camper, I highly recommend spending a holiday out in the woods. It was absolutely fantastic. It really gave us a lot of time to reflect and to be thankful because we just had more time on our hands than what we normally find ourselves on a given holiday. So Thanksgiving really wraps up our fourth month of living on the road. From Roosevelt State Park, we headed down to Natchez and we actually stayed on the Louisiana side and stayed in Vidalia. And it was a great stay. We loved staying on the Mississippi River. We learned so much about the river and the huge importance that it has. I'm sure it's things that we maybe learned when we were in school at one point, but as an adult learning these things yet again, it just makes you recognize that like, I don't know, there's so many different parts to the United States that have such an impact on each and every one of us that we don't even realize. And the Mississippi river is huge. So such a vital, vital pathway for all of these goods coming down the Mississippi river. And what's really, really cool is right now exactly where we are is at Itasca state park, which I will share more about that in um, my little wrap up segment of where we are right now. But Itasca state park is the headwaters of the Mississippi. So it's really cool to now see ourselves on this same trip be at the very far north end of where the Mississippi River starts. And they say that if you make a wish with the water here, then in 90 days is when that water will be all the way down to the Gulf. Super cool. Okay, that about wraps up episode 13, but of course I want to leave you all with an update of where we've been this last week. So a week ago we were in Medora, North Dakota, and we were headed to Bismarck, which is the capital of North Dakota, and it is where we stayed at Fort Abraham Lincoln State Park, which was such a cool park. We had two full days there. But it was also a town where we actually had access to things like Walmart and Sam's Club and TJ Maxx. And so we had a lot of errands to take care of as well. So it was definitely a park that we could have stayed an entire week there. They had tons of trails. They had Indian ruins that we did get to check out. They had a military base. There was just so much to see there. Their visitor center 
Oh my goodness. It was, it was as big as some visitor centers of national parks. It really was an incredible state park. So we had a few days there and then we headed for an overnight in Fargo, North Dakota, which is right on the border of Minnesota. It's yet again, one of those towns that is separated by a river and across the river is the next state. So we entered into Minnesota on Friday and we are at Atasca State Park, which is the headwaters of the Mississippi, which so incredible. I mean, just the fact that like the water starts here in this lake that is um, filled by spring water that is falling into this lake and then it migrates its way down into the Mississippi River and makes its way down, I think it's like 2,400 miles. It is the fourth longest river in the entire world. It's cool, okay? It's really cool. And to see and be able to walk across where it begins, that's just really incredible. They say to make a wish, and that wish will come true in 90 days once that water makes its way into the Gulf. So we have thoroughly enjoyed our time um, in all of these state parks this week. It's finally getting us back to a taste of, you know, what we were experiencing in a lot of parts of Texas and even the Southeast, where it's very much just, you are here to camp, you are here to enjoy the outdoors, the trails that are within the park. And for Itasca State Park, I can't remember how many miles of trails it is that they have, but we could be entertained for two full weeks in this park easily. Now the park is filled with all locals. I think we are maybe one of two or three RVs that do not come from Minnesota. So Minnesota is home of 10,000 lakes and you can understand, I mean, for these people, this is their vacation. Now, what is really weird and kind of hard for us to like wrap our heads around is so many of these trails, like these bike paths that we have been biking on over the last few days, during the winter, they are cross-country ski trails. And it's just so hard. Like we've not been here during the winter. And so it's really hard to imagine this place that is so green and so luscious and hot and humid, more humid than what we've been used to, imagining it just covered in snow. It's kind of magical in a way. Uh, there are also lots of RVs here that are like ice houses. I think that's what they're called. I might be calling that the wrong thing, but they, they can go out on the ice. So like they drop down really low, um, the tires, like it's almost like the, like the RV literally is sitting on the ground. And so they can, they, in the winter time, people will pull their rigs out onto the ice and stay out there. I'm like what? It's just a whole new world, whole new world. And it's so cool to see what is normal for other people around this country. It has been eye opening in so many different parts of the country. And this is yet again, showing us a completely different way of life. So that has been our time this last week. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope it has been enjoyable. And as always, do not forget to be a good neighbor.